Hello, welcome back to the Zoocast. We it's been a while, I must say. We're it's nice to see you again, uh, Louis and Josh. It's it's been ages, actually. That's uh, that's that's a that's a ball dropped by us. We're not going to sugarcoat <laughs> it. That was a tough that was a tough stretch. Everyone got a little busy. I'll, Everyone... I'll yeah, I'll take most of the <laughs> yeah, most well. of the blame on that one. It's just been so busy, and I just haven't had time to really do anything in terms of editing and all that stuff. So keep pushing it and pushing it. But hey, reading yeah, week, we... so we have some time. Yeah, surprisingly enough, we all have lives, so we actually had stuff to do for a bit. Um, we're excited to get back, though. Uh, we missed it. It's been a couple. We we may have missed some stuff, unfortunately. Um, I mean, nothing happened in the last two months. Like, <laughs> no, they were just waiting for us to get back. No, no air. canceled. No World Juniors. No Olympics. No, nothing happened with the Sens. No, no nothing. injuries. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> let's get into the Sens because that's what we do here. Uh. What have they done since we last talked about them? They won some games. They lost some games. They lost some players. Um, and I think that's a good place to start. The Sens have been pretty, uh, in my opinion, quite respectable, actually, in the last couple of months, ever since they're, like, just apocalyptic November. Um, but really, like, I, I would, like, I don't know. They're showing the stats on all the broadcasts now. They're, like, 500 or, like, just about yeah. 500. Like, that's, pretty, that's okay. I can't complain about that. Given and the they're circumstances, doing that, yeah. Yeah, without their best defenseman and probably two best forwards, really, in Batherson and, and Norris, you could make the argument. Um, so, Louis, I guess I'll start with you here. Uh, are you, like, given the circumstances of the team, happy with how they have performed in the last, call it month, month and a half? Yeah, for sure. I mean, already, like, they were so low in the standings after – that awful month of November and just then losing all the players like Norris gone, Batherson gone, Crookshank still out. So like, I mean, <laughs> but to be fair, that's the one thing though, all the, all the videos of the IR squad just hanging out at the games, True. that's yeah. been great. But yeah, yeah, now being 500, as you said, for this entire run, cause these are like decently long-term injuries. The fact that they're still, mm-hmm. you know, hanging in and during this tough schedule where they just had what like nine games in 14 days which is absolutely ridiculous with the amount of personnel that they've lost like it's been nice to see them hold on to a respectable record and you know see some guys rise up like eric branson has been playing more and more with shabbat out he played what like a career high 27 and a half minutes the other day um formington's been making a case for being a possible top six option in the future um and he's been clicking with timmy who's also been doing very good on that first line center and even Gaudet has been doing well, and Tyler Ennis. So you know, it's it, it's been it's been nice to get a little bit of depth scoring there. Um, but I I really didn't think they'd be able to hold on to some sort of 500 record here. But here we are. And I think one thing that has also helped them is that they are getting very good goaltending from both yes. goalies and at both goalies at the same time. Like it's not like you know Murray's going and Forsberg sucks or Forsberg's going and Murray sucks. Like they are both on their game and you can see it and you can see how positive 
uh, of an effect that has on the rest of the team. Uh, Josh, we've been very critical of Matt Murray on this podcast in past episodes. I don't think there's any way around that. Yep. But, you know, we, we've been a big advocates for playing, you know, Philip Gustafson and, and looking at other options. But with the recent play of Matt Murray, are you comfortable riding hit with him as, you know, your kind of go-to starter here for at least the end of this season and then next season? Yeah, I think I think they actually talked about that on the TSM broadcast in the last game on or yesterday for us. Um, like who's going to be the backup next year to Matt Murray because it's basically like a lock that he'll be there. And I mean, it's fair. Like he's played really well lately. That stint in the AHL, maybe not even necessarily just not the reps, but just the mental aspect of oh crap, I got sent down. I have to up my game. Right, like that could have done enough to, you know, get him to turn it up because he has played outstanding. Like. At the start of the season, I I wasn't a um, oh Matt Murray is going to be a um, Pittsburgh Penguins two Stanley Cup Matt Murray, but like at the start of the season, I put a like I bet on Matt Murray's save percentage to be the over under was like eight ninety five, and I was like oh my god, I feel like that'll really? be easy. Like I think, I think he could I think he could straddle like almost nine ten, but I did not think he'd be up over nine twenty, and like almost top ten in the league in save percentage. But just this last stretch, like he's looking like he used to in Pittsburgh when his first couple of years. And that's just like, we talk about this almost every podcast as well. Is goalies are just so random. Yeah. Um, and we know that Gustafson's on a one way next year. He played great with uh, yesterday against the Rangers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like it wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't think for the sense to get an asset back for Forsberg. Yeah. I mean, he has a pretty respectable state percentage. What is it, nine sixteen or something? And for a backup, that's kind of all you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you like, or even just depth, right? Like if someone wants to push their backup to like a taxi squad just to be safe now that the playoff like right for a playoff push even if they just get a fourth let's say for him which isn't much but you know you get an asset for a guy you picked up on waivers is definitely not a bad thing yeah and and just to kind of show how far the goaltending has come uh we all know how that kind of struggled in october and november and they were near the bottom of the league in essentially every category um but as of february 19th the sends as a team are up to 13th in the nhl in goal save above expected. So yeah, that's, you know, it's not top five or anything, but do, you know, especially when you consider how just so bad they started, like to make it, to bring it all the way back up to 13 is pretty impressive. Um, so hopefully that's a sign of things to come. And even like, as you said, like they didn't start that hot, but like now, like cum- cumulatively over the entire season, Murray has been saving half a goal per game. Yeah which is ridiculous given how he started. But the, the one thing is he is injured again. Do we know when he's coming back? Well, I mean, yeah, like, um, you know, Gustafson got sent down today. So I could totally see that meaning that Murray is back soon. Um, but like, did they even disclose what the injury was when it happened? I don't think so. Right. And there was a chance that he was going to play one of the two this weekend. Like yeah. that's what um, was on Twitter a couple of days ago. So the fact that it was like a, you know, I don't know if it was a 50-50 or whatever. The fact that there was a chance tells me maybe they just ride with Forsberg and back up Murray for one game, only use him in an emergency, and then um, he's back for the game after that. Would that be what, Thursday? I don't know, but hopefully he's back later this week at the latest. That's not often that you see us clamoring to get Matt Murray to start here, but I, <laughs> I it's come to that point. He's been very good. Um, so it's, it's been nice to see the goaltending come around. Obviously, I think, you know, losing Norris and Batherson was really tough 
but at least you have guys like Kachuk and, and Stutzel and even Formington to carry the load a little bit there. Losing Shabbat on D to me was like a catastrophic thing to happen because like <laughs> who's left? He plays the most in the NHL. Like those minutes are going to have to be taken by someone. And Louis touched on it briefly, but we're starting to see a bit more of Eric Randstrom to come out and, and play a bit here. Um, he's getting a lot of minutes from the coach. He is playing with Zub, which that's good. Um, I think too, in, in particular, I think Branstrom, his emergence has been pretty evident. Nick Holden has been friggin' good, dude. Like yeah. I, I really have liked him a lot. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess, you know, when one guy goes out, it's next man up mentality kind of thing. And, and I guess those two by like committee essentially have stepped up and, and really carried most of the load that has been lost with, uh, with Shabbat, but you know, Josh, Louis touched on it a bit. What have you thought about Branstrom specifically? Because I know you've been a big advocate for him, kind of all throughout. Yeah, you know what I'm gonna say is I've liked, uh, like, I've liked how he's played overall. Um, one thing that surprised me is he is playing much better with the Josh Brown than he is with Zub. Like the the Branstrom and Zub pair, just for some reason so far hasn't worked out. Um, when Shabbat comes back. I would be interested in if they did something like Shabbat Zub and then Brandstrom and Holden or something like try Brandstrom with someone else. Um, we did see that in preseason, like, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, you know, like Brandstrom's making Josh Brown look like a capable NHL defenseman, and then they give him, you know, Artem Zub, probably some tougher matchups. Then it's not going quite as well. Um, I think yeah. Zub works really well with Shabbat, so like I'm hoping that's what they do long term. But then they still have to find a partner for Brandstrom because I don't think Josh Brown is the answer longer on that. I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, well, let's slow, our, slow the roll here. <laughs> uh, Josh pointed out that the Brandstrom zoo pair didn't really work. <laughs> they just played the game in Buffalo. That was a tough game for Brandstrom. I, I, won't, I won't lie to you. Yeah. That's three penalties and, and not a good game. Zub got a couple too, right? Like I think he got at least one. Um, but hey, it was, was nice yeah. to see DJ's comments afterwards. He was t- just talking about how they make mistakes and we're just going to keep rolling with it. That's how you, young guys are going to... Yeah, 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 that's the true. Tone, the tonality was a little concerning. But yeah, but the fact that he's like actually giving them a leash, I don't know what's changed, but it's it's nice to be able to see them get more and more chances without automatically being, you know, scratched or benched or something like that. Relegated pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fair. And, uh, and, you know, obviously there's still shades of the Sens defense, like, you know, Zaitsev is doing his thing, which hasn't been great <laughs> at times. Uh. Um, but I mean, at least, you know, there's some positives without Shabbat. And I think that's a really big takeaway is that they're not, crumbling completely without thomas shabbat they are like you know maybe no even the losses are close like Uh, oh yeah like the new york game which is the last game that that happened yesterday before we're recording today 2-1 and i think one of them was a power play goal by panarin so that means absolute snipe my god absolute nip and then the other one was some crazy boston there's the boston games too that were really close right yep exactly i mean like they're they're hanging on and that's really important because when they get fully healthy get a couple, you know, make a trade or something, get a couple better players, get rid of your bad players. This is good. Like, you know, it sounds simple when you put it that way, but they have a chance to be able to be really good. And at this point, I think it's a question of if Dorian can kind of bring it home here. Like he's done it. You know, I, I don't want to say he's done a great job because I don't think he's done a great job. But I think he's done a decent enough job where he's given himself a chance to have a really good team when healthy. 
and they're kind of showing that now but I just I don't know I I hope that he uh I hope that he can bring it home and I hope that he can kind of fill the void a little bit there and, and get some help for for the big guys um but yeah the Sens keep trucking along and one other thing that we missed when uh you know in our absence for a couple months is that the Olympics happened and the Olympics are fun Louis I know you watched a bunch of those a bunch of the Olympics this year yep. you were up time change Change. Time change was tough for some people, but not uh, not our, our night owl here. Casual 13-hour uh, difference. <laughs> yeah. Light work. But, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the Olympics came and went. They just finished. And I think it's worth noting that uh, with everything that's being said about the women's tournament from some writers and some newspapers, what an unbelievable gold medal game that was. Wow. Uh, really, yeah. really well first of all congratulations to team canada that was awesome Poulain, clutch i mean of course like what else do you expect yeah like at this point she's got what three three gold medal winning goals including one late to tie it in 2014 and the ot winner um she scored in every single gold medal game she's got like seven and four yeah and i mean it's nuts like even in the when she when they lost she still scored one and that was a shootout loss so it's honestly it's unparalleled how much stuff she's done in gold medal yeah. games. Yeah. Like it's, and it's obviously it wasn't only her cause you had Sarah nurse breaking the record for most assists in a tournament, most points. Also, I think Claire Thompson on the back end got the record for most points by a defenseman. And you also had Sarah Fillier who just popped off at the beginning and I yep, mean, was right. still really good. And she's going to be absolutely incredible. She's super dynamic and she, she really is like the future of the sport. So what you're saying is it was a good tournament for Canada, pretty much. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> I, I can't really sugarcoat it. It was it was as well as it could have gone, and you still had an incredible game at the end too to you know get your heart rate pumping a little. Yeah, it's a classic, really good tournament, and you know contrast that to the other tournament, the other hockey Olympic tournament, which some people are calling like just the worst Olympic hockey tournament, men's hockey tournament of all time. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did not watch a single game of the men's hockey tournament. And that's not just because of the time difference. I just really didn't care. Um, Same. Dude, there... I caught every yeah. single one of the women's games and pretty much every single one of the Slovakia games because I wanted to watch Slavkovsky and Emmets and, and the Slovakian boys. But I don't think I caught more than like three minutes live of the Canada men's thing. And it was when I woke yeah. up to watch the end of the when they lost to Sweden. In the quarters. Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. too. Yeah. All right. Well, so anyway, unfortunately, Eric Odell and the boys could not bring it home for Team Canada. I can't believe they didn't play Devin Levi. That's ridiculous, but whatever. (laughs) Here's here's my, I don't know if this is controversial. You guys let me know what you think. I think Olympic hockey, men and women, it should be like NHL size ice and not Olympic size ice. Yeah. I know it's an argument. Size ice, so it kind of sounds dumb, but like, I just think the fact that it's wider makes it like it slows it down because it's just space like guys are you know taking things slower mm-hmm. whereas when you're watching it on an nhl rink both got men's and women's games they just feel faster on like smaller ice like less wide ice it's more about the width than the length i don't know yeah. that's what I I, I, honestly i'm pretty indifferent i mean it gives more space so it yeah I yeah i I honestly don't really care that much. But. <laughs> I just thought that when I was watching the men's Canada game, I was like, I know these guys aren't like, you know, it's not like they're a team. Well, no, no team's a team, but I still feel like this could be a bit more entertaining if 
because they look so slow out there. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Like, but I think I think uh, part know, of that the is time. the team sucked for like there were some guys like, like Sweden that were like decent got decent players like prospects or SHL guys. It's like I've seen them play like you know I don't know. I just feel like it could be a bit faster pace. But like put McDavid on that ice and he's gonna do like some crazy shit. Like he's gonna be yeah. insane. But like that's what, but that's what it should be about. Shouldn't have to worry about the team not being good enough like that shouldn't even I know be it. Like, yeah well it's more about entertainment than ad- being an advantage for anyone but i'm not so saying it's more entertaining for, yeah I mean, yeah but like you could say the same thing, like panarin and kucherov and yeah, the I know, Russian I team like kane or matthews like they'll figure out how to use it <laughs> they're mm-hmm. they're good enough to use it so i don't know i i i'm also kind of indifferent i think you can make the argument either way but at the end of the day that tournament was straight garbage i there was not a lot of storylines I, I what one thing i will say we owe it like slovakia that's pretty cool the bronze i the video there slavkovsky the tournament there. mvp let's go yeah well louis love child there he's going he's I, i'm just trying i've been trying to louis and i've been we louis drives me to hockey our beer league team and we seem to talk about slavkovsky a lot and i keep trying to tell him like don't stop getting your hopes up about this. Oh, no, dude at this point Listen, with how much NHL teams value like international, like play in international tournaments, he's gonna go like two or three, even though he shouldn't. And I, listen, I I'm a big fan of Slavkowski. I still don't think he should go that high, but he probably will, given of his performance there and him being you know six four two twenty five. Um, so I I he, we're not gonna pick him, but I can. Well, there's a lot of season left for us to drop to two or three. <laughs> Won't lie. Yeah, watch us be ass as soon as all of our good guys come back somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the problem is Norris and Batherston, actually. Of course. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's the Olympics, I guess. Slovakia was cool and nothing else was really that fascinating. Women's team was good. Women's tournament was good. Um, and we will we will leave those Olympics in the past, I think, for the most part. Um, just aside, aside from that it was a pretty good tournament like we sure. tied our record for most medals right i think oh you mean like like with other events yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Well, i mean literally just casting aside men's hockey and uh curling <laughs> it, it, it was pretty yeah. good <laughs> i guess gushu won bronze but still anyway we won't get too much into that but yeah well, this is not unfortunately for louis this is not a curling podcast so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep going that's and, that'll be our next adventure. or a snowboard cross podcast unfortunately okay Damn. all right one step at a time there geronimo let's Keep going to the next topic. Uh, Olympics are done. And when one thing ends, another thing usually comes up pretty quickly. The trade deadline is a month away. And the sense would, would be about would, now, right? It would be around this time, like maybe in a week or, or so. Um, Pierre Dorian had a quote in The Athletic. said, we hope this is our last deadline as sellers. And I think that's what most fans were thinking. I also think... It's smart of Dorian to say, we hope and not this is, because that's been a mistake that he has made with a lot of, you know, media availability stuff in the past. Don't say the rebuild is over. Say we hope the rebuild is over, but we'll leave that in the past. Um, The Sens have been doing some scouting and some like, you know, guys like Bruce Garriock and, and Pierre Lebrun have been like, you know, trying not to make a big deal out of this or whatever. Uh, They've scouted the wild a lot. And, you know, it, you look at a guy like Kevin Fiala, who Sean Simpson rumored uh, to go towards Ottawa. And I know that Josh has opinions on that. So I, I guess I'll go to him. But uh, do you think that 
this is going to happen before the deadline should it happen before the deadline or should it happen at all even in the summer okay okay i've like i have there's a couple it's been a couple weeks now that i'm like all right there's like a pool of four skaters four players i think that the sends not need to but like they should acquire one of these four and that list would be the top three would be fiala keller and besser and then if neither of those work out then ricard raquel because he's a bit below those those guys and he might be cheaper um but no i don't think fiala would happen before the deadline because minnesota is contending and i was reading a an article with from pierre lebron who said like don't expect minnesota to be shipping out any big pieces um, but Besser could definitely happen before the deadline. Um, and yeah, I do think it should happen, whether it's now or in the off season, um, they need, I think, I think right now, if I'm looking at their death chart, in my opinion, it's, they have like four guys that should be in a contender's top six, right? You have Stutzla, Norris, Batherson, and Kachuk. I know that, you know, Formanton's been good lately. Connor Brown's been okay, but ideally those guys are in a third line, I think. Yeah. And you insulate those four guys I named at the start with maybe a Fiala, and then you sign a guy. This is like dreaming, but if you could sign a guy like Giroux, then your top six is looking pretty good, right? But I know that's huge. Like, that's like, you're probably putting maybe $15 million between two players, which is a lot in one offseason for the Sens. Because Fiala is an RFA after this year. So, like, they have to negotiate a contract on top of trading for him. Yeah. But I think it's just like, you trade away things for so long when there's rumors that you might be acquiring like a really exciting player, you get super excited about it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. I agree with that. I also think I agree with you that I don't think Formington and Brown are in a contending top six, but I mean, if your last, if your worst top six forward is Alex Formington or Connor Brown, your top six is to me, that's good enough right? Like if you've got five guys that are better than that, and if Fiala is one of those guys, for example, or Bester, and, you know, just to fill in, like Formington can play with those guys. That's not an issue. And, you know, I, I've liked Counter Brown actually a lot. Um, but I agree with what you said. It's exciting, you know, to finally see the sentence try to take a step here. And I think the thing about this deadline is they're sellers, but they're not going to be big name sellers. Like they're not going to trade any huge pieces like they have in the past with like stone duchene and Dezingle at the time like they're gonna trade like chris tierney and like tyler ennis zach sanford josh zach brown sanford. yeah sure like that though that's not you know i'm not i mean I'm a, I'm a big tyler ennis guy but i'm not gonna be heartbroken if tyler ennis gets traded for like a fifth round pick or fourth round pick like i'll, nick I'll paul. how would you feel if they traded nick paul well maybe maybe slightly more sad but <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there uh, Louis, the Sens are going to trade some players, and we we have hated on a lot of these players. I I won't lie to you. Um, who would you like to see traded, and what do you think the ideal return would be on those players? Is this like realistically or ideally? Because you can <laughs> I'd, be creative. I'd love to see Zaitsev go, but I don't think that's happening. Well, that's definitely crazy. How many years does he have left? Does he have left? I think does he's he got have... one after this, right? Or two? Let's take a look. Uh, he has two more. After after this year, you mean? Yeah. I, oh, that's listen, gonna be tough. Yeah, and I think DJ likes him too much to to go at this yeah. point anyway. So I I don't think he's going. I mean, 
we've harped on tyranny so much like and we have done that they have been i think there has been at least some rumors right that he might go like i i know we wouldn't get really much back for him but he's like point. one of the top players on um sarah valley's tribute board i think yeah so i mean in that case i wouldn't mind seeing him go again i don't expect much of a return just you know opportunity for other people um, right i i kind of like to see gambrell go I I've not really liked oh, him what's, at all. I mean, what's the what's the value on that? Exactly, that's the yeah. thing. Like, it's not like we have any really big guys that you know. I feel like are obvious. Like, we don't have any guys from like the Peugeots or whatever that we you steal away. I think the biggest name that the Sens would trade is um, Nick Paul. Honestly, yeah. if the apparently they offered him two years times three mil, which I'm going to be honest, I like Nick Paul, but like. I don't know why you're rejecting that. Like that's mm-hmm. you've never been on pace for 35 points in your career, and his defensive impact is not like yeah, it's not. not like, oh, I'm gonna make good. two mil more just because of my defense, right? He's a third liner, and that's like right. He goes in the top six, and Max, it kind of slows yeah. the lines down. So if I wouldn't, I don't think I'd give him more than three mil. But it does feel like there might be some value around the league. Yeah, I was gonna say, how much do you think we could get for him? I don't know if it's a first round pick value, but like if they get a second and a prospect, I don't know. If if it's that much, dude, I'm trading Nick Paul <laughs> for a second and a prospect. Well, we've seen like these, we've seen these depth guys. We have seen these depth guys go in past deadlines for like a lot, right? Like people overpay yeah. for depth. I mean, we saw Barkley Goodrow go for a first. Exactly. Nick Paul could get a second easily. Yeah, like and I mean, worst case, we always can trade back for him. I know, but like everybody fools themselves what? by saying that that never, like, or sorry, not trade back, but sign back. Yeah, um, I know. But we'll ever, that never happens unless your name's Antoine Vermette. I think that's the last time I can think of like, because this was like, I don't remember which which one it was because they won so many back then, but Arizona, I think, traded Vermette to Chicago. Yeah. Coyotes got a first back for him. The Blackhawks won the cup, and then Vermette went back to the Coyotes. Yeah. Yep. Which is like the most like win like win 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 scenario for everybody. Yeah. But, yeah so I don't yeah. think that's obviously going to happen with Nick Paul. But dude, if you can get a second and a prospect for Paul, and the fact that he's already rejected three million for two years, I know everybody's like, yeah, but we've developed him for so long. It's like we have so many middle to bottom six prospects, bro. At this point, we can afford <laughs> we can afford to put someone else in and get value back for Paul. Because totally agree. Like, if if they're close, then sure maybe, but. At this point, I'm not putting all my chips in to keep him, especially when you yeah. have so many paydays coming up soon. Because yeah, you got Stutzla, Norris. Um, we do have other people, right? I think. Well, I mean, and you, I think you also have to look at the makeup of Zoom. your lineup for next year a little bit here too, right? Like who's coming in? Like Pinto, assuming he's healthy, that's a spot. Greg. And you know, you have obviously Batherson and Greg, Norris. Yeah. You got Greg. You got guys like who maybe who's graduating from yeah. the AHL. Maybe Sokolov. <laughs> Maybe Yarventi, possibly. Like, you have to look at, like, who's coming out Victor if those guys Lodin. are coming in. Yeah, okay, okay, sure. Whatever. Score a gross goal. Yeah, and then we'll talk. I, yes, that was implied. <laughs> that was implied. So, like, like, but here's, like, yeah, that's my point, right? Like, Nick Paul's great. I love Nick Paul. But if does he realistically fit on the team next year? Especially on a team where you have an internal cap below the real yeah. salary cap. And you can replace his value for much less than three million dollars. Hmm. Like if you're if you're a team that's on a budget, I feel like what you should be doing is 
finding depth players that aren't costing you $3 million. Literally just whether resign Tyler Ennis for 900k and bring him back instead. Exactly, like, yeah. Whether they're on ELCs or you sign them like that, like either way, if you can save $2 million on, you know, a couple depth pieces, that's a huge amount you can spend on, you know, signing a top six forward or trading for one. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, you know, the Sens can do their depth cap gymnastics all they want. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes up. But I, I mean, whatever happens, like Nick Paul, I think will always, he'll like, he, he, he made this, this, the points for Paul thing. Like he likes it here. I'm sure yeah. he'll, he'll, you know, he'll be open to coming back. Oh yeah. Um, no, he's, he's a great guy. Like nothing to take away from that. It's just, you know, in terms of actual value and possible replacing. We'll see what happens. Trade deadline, man. Trade deadline is a month away. So that's that's the send scoop for I tried to cover what we missed, but and looked a bit towards the future. So we'll see what happens with the deadline. Um, and we'll see what happens with the injuries and, and everything like that. And now we'd like to we're gonna try something new here. Louis, I want to give credit where it's due. So where did we hear this this uh, podcast? We were listening, we yeah, we were listening to the athletic hockey show on the way back from from our Flossing Kachucks game. And they were comparing, they were, they had this hypothetical. It's like, which career would you rather have Crosby's or Ovi's? So yeah, we, we debated that and we thought what better idea than to completely steal that and use it on our own podcast. So I've crafted four of these hypothetical scenarios of which career would you rather have? And we're going to debate that and chime in at home, please send you have a very strong opinion about one of these you think we're wrong let us know um we got four of them here two of them are sense themed we'll do those at the end i mean three of them kind of are but two of them big are sense themed we'll start with a nonsense themed one we'll start a net whose career would you rather have carrie price with the haves or henrik lundquist with rangers louis you can go first lovely um so when you look at these two i think the answer is pretty obvious here in terms of because the answer is different whether in terms of whose career would you rather have versus who was i feel like the best most consistent player but that's not the question it isn't exactly so like because when you look at uh gsax stats throughout the last i don't know how many years glunquist is the model of consistency right he's been like a top two top three goalie like number one even for almost his entire career and that's basically unforeseen in terms of goaltending because as we love to say goaltending is a shit show but it's true in terms of the highs and all the awards like you have to go with price right like he first of all huge contract he's getting omega paid he sure. also has what he's won world juniors he's got an olympic gold i mean so does lundquist right because he was i think the goalie oh, six yeah oh, six. Six, torino yeah. um but Price has World Juniors, Olympic gold, World Cup gold. Uh, he even won the Calder Cup in the AHL, apparently. Uh, Vezina, Jennings, and he has a heart. That's the thing. He has a heart and one. Does he have two Olympic gold or just one? I think just one, right? One. I think he only Sochi. might have one. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'd rather go Habs or Habs. <laughs> I think I'd rather go Price, there you go. Um, especially since, I mean, he's still. 34 and i mean his future's kind of 
he still hasn't come back, right? He's so, it's up in the air. It's pretty up in yeah. the air. So I mean, there's still some stuff left there. Whereas, so he could technically accomplish more, but based on what has happened and the fact that Lundqvist is retired, I in terms of career, I'd definitely go Price. I Josh, what do you think? I'll go after you. I would also go Price, um, but I don't know if it's as obvious. So. I'm look, I looked at cap friendly. That was like the first thing I looked at. And Lundqvist made more over his career. So if you're talking just straight money, Lundqvist, Lundqvist made about 15 million more than Price. Yeah, but Price um, is getting paid 10.5 until 2026. I don't. Yeah, I don't, does that include? Would that include his current contract going till the end? Or I mean, even in the minors, he still makes like three quarters of that. So if he gets like buried. Yeah. So that 90. So Price has made 97 million. Um, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So, technically, yeah. So no. So it'll keep going up, actually. So yeah. I guess by the end of it, price will have made more. But I mean, it's so much money that I feel like it's negligible. Um, yeah. I agree with that. Right. And yeah, price just has he has the accolades. Um, I do feel like the argument for Lundqvist could be that in his home country, he's probably bigger than price is in Canada. That's true. I I think you could argue because. I'd say just because, you know, there's seven Canadian teams and there's, you know, just as many Leafs fans as there are Habs fans. So price is huge in, in Quebec, of course, but Lundqvist is like a hero in all of Sweden. So you could argue that, um, and I hate the Habs, but I'm still going to have to go with Harry Price. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I, I'm going to pick Lundqvist. Not just to be yeah. different, but also to be a little different. But I think Josh made a good point. And like legacy wise, everybody not like Sweden aside, like you play in a market like New York, like, first of all, you live, you get to live in New York city. That's kind of sick. Like, honestly, I feel like you could, you know, once you get used to the hustle and bustle, like that'll be a, that's a pretty cool place to live. He's got all these indoor, like he's a big, like luxury guy. Like he's got his like suit endorsement deals and he's, you know, he, there was a, he's plays, he plays guitar. He can play guitar on NHL. Yeah, that's, like, true. that's pretty cool. He like, I don't know. I, I think like from a fan perspective, I feel like Henrik Lundqvist is a little bit more adored than how Harry can you not Price. like Lundqvist unless you're like a devils or Islanders yeah, fan? that's here's, my point. So here's the other argument though you can make for prices he's still playing so he still has a shot at a cup technically let's be let come on guys the, the has five seasons left even if like you know they don't want to buy him out and he wins it in five years and his last year as a backup like but we're also not even man. sure we're not even sure he's gonna play again no but he has like he has bigger chance than lundquist right just just a, yeah. an added thing it doesn't mean you know. but like i mean so you say like okay both goalies have been to the cup final so that kind of cancels out right you can't use that as an argument either way but i don't know i i'm like kind of think that the the rain like lundquist has had i don't know i i, I like i'm not even going off of like an an, an ev- like evidence-based argument but i feel like lundquist has like more iconic moments than price dude i don't know the thing is, well the thing is price had that one season where it, everybody was talking about how it's the best season by a goaltender yeah, in yeah. decades yeah. That's one, but yeah, but it's one season though. Like you touched on Lundqvist's consistency. Like you're like, he was good every year, right? So I would, I would rather be regarded. Okay. Cause it, like, also here's the other thing. People like we've said this before, like people are like, yeah, price was good. And now he's 
kind of kind of sucks. Like that's what we kind of been saying for the last few years, right? Like he's fallen off a little bit after he had such a good year. You didn't say that about like Lundqvist. Lundqvist was not known as the like oh the guy who was good for a bit and then sucked. Like he was just always really good. I feel like I would take more pride in being like always really good than having like used to be really really good and now you kind of stop being good. I don't know, but I guess that's a personal preference thing. And being from Sweden would be kind of cool. So I guess I would. <laughs> I would probably pick Lundqvist, but you could go either way on it. Yeah. That's so, yeah, there you go. We're split. We're split on Price and Lundqvist. I hope it's two to uh, one. Let's do us two to one. Well, yeah, split as in one person. Oh, come on. Split as in you're wrong, Adam. <laughs> I mean, my, split as in my my vote counts for two, and so it's tied. And so we're going to leave it at Lundqvist that. was above 922 save percentage twice in his career, and Carey Price did it four straight seasons from 2013-14 to 2016-17. So, like, yeah, Lundqvist may have been, like, a bit more consistent if you're looking I think at... GSAX-wise, too. Yeah, like, if you're looking at, like, you know, never being below 905. Um, but Lundqvist had his fair share of seasons below 910 as well, where he was, like, yeah. 905 to 909 range. But wasn't it's that like, when the Rangers were, like... Like, that was recently, wasn't it? Like, when they were... I mean, but the Habs have always sucked, too. Like, Well, they've had honest. some runs. That's not true. The Habs have had a couple <laughs> no, runs. But they, they went to the conference yeah. final more than once. Yeah, but it's all, like, Carey Price, like... like in the con- Which year was the conference final? Or was it 2013-14? For the Habs? Yeah. I think so. When, yeah, Price went 8-4 yeah. in the playoffs. Then, and then they lost to the Rangers. Yeah. But didn't he get by was, was that when he got injured? Was that was that when he got yes? Yeah, that was the Kreider. Yeah, that was the Kreider. See, uh, that's why I'd rather be Lundqvist. Also, that's I didn't touch on that. Price has gotten injured a lot, and he had bad injuries. I don't recall Lundqvist getting injured for a prolonged period of time. Like I'd keep my health if I was Lundqvist, more or less, yeah. more than Price. Yeah, but then you start. Yeah, true. So, anyway. I get the last word and you're not allowed to say anything else. But we win by next, majority. <laughs> nope, screw you. Next, we are going to go to the next one. This is not a goalie one. This is a little bit of a sense flavor to it too. Uh, which career would you rather have? Drew Doughty, everyone's favorite defenseman, or Eric Carlson, everybody's actual favorite defenseman? I started with Louie last time, so Josh, you get to go first. Uh, I can't believe you're going to make me say this. I know. he's. Oh, I hate these. I think I would have to go with Drew Doughty. Yeah. yeah. Just because of the like team awards, not because he's a better player, because he's yeah. not. Even now, Carlson's better. But team awards, like having the cup. Does he have two cups? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah. So having two cups, he won gold at the Olympics, I'm assuming. Yes. Like, I haven't really, I don't keep up with everyone's specific accolades, but like, I mean, he won a bunch of Norris's that he didn't deserve, but he still has them. So you can say. Um, does he only have one Norris? Yes, two. yes, he has one. He only has one. Okay, well, he didn't deserve that one, but still. So he has one. Um, he has the World Juniors gold as well. Two Olympic golds, actually, for Doughty. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of money, I mean, they made around the same. They're both marketable enough. Like, not as much. still really getting paid for a decent amount. Yeah, they're both still making above $11 million. I mean, he gets to play in L.A., yeah. which is like probably I would say top two, top three city to play in in the entire league, maybe number yep. one. Um, and, you know, like, I mean, he's doing really good this year. Like, yeah, the no, he actually is. The Sharks, I mean, I don't think the Kings are like playoff decent yet, 
Um, the Sharks, I think, are a bit worse, and Carlson's injured right now. He's dealt with so many injuries. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I would say Doughty, but I think it's just hard for me to say it because I love Carlson. Yeah, the yeah. fact that you're making his pick, because I'm also going to go Doughty, but the fact mm-hmm. that you're making his pick Doughty and Price over Lundqvist and Carlson <laughs> is really painful. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, no, like Josh said, it. it's all the team awards, the Norris he didn't deserve, but he got it anyway. Um, I mean, did Carlson ever get OHL first team all-star? I don't think so. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, Dowdy's actually doing well this year too, which is pretty surprising, IMO. So I, I, I yeah, I'm going to go with Dowdy as well. I'm going to go with Dowdy as well, but I think that there is due diligence to be made on the Carlson argument, like, I know I'm I'm like I'm I'm saying Dowdy, so I'm not really contradicting myself. But the argument that you could make for Carlson is that he had arguably the greatest individual playoff performance, maybe of the last like ten or fifteen years in the 2017 playoffs on yeah. one leg. So like you have like like he is, uh, you could argue that he's like a top three most beloved Ottawa Senator of all time, Carlson, just for what he did when he was here. Yeah. So you have you know, you have that factor, which you'd say, okay, well, that would be pretty nice to have. Um, but, and, and, you know, you make the argument, well, Doughty plays in LA. Well, Carlson plays in San Jose. That's not too far down the road. Like that's a, that's a, that's a pretty he also nice played in Ottawa most of his career. Yeah, I was about to say, Doughty was in LA this entire yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. But I don't yeah, know. I'm just pointing out the, just pointing out the factors here. I'm trying to be neutral. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Doughty, it's hard to look past all the awards, deserving or not. Too Cups is pretty cool. Like you can't really do better than that. Yeah. I'd say the the, the thing is like and, and the health is a big one too. Um and, yeah. and then at that point it comes down to the last is like who has the better chance to win a cup in their in the rest of their career right now. And I don't even know. I think it's probably maybe Doughty just because of how LA's rebuild is going, but either way, I don't think it's gonna happen for either of them. But yeah, I agree. I think I think it's Doughty as much as we all love Carlson. Um it's been a tough, a tough, you know, he's had some tough years in there too. So we uh not a split on this one. It's going Dowdy three three and zero, unfortunately. Um, so these next two, I'm very excited about. Those two were kind of like the warm up. Like I I wasn't feeling. I was like, okay, those are okay. But I want to do the, I want to do the last one first actually because I'm more excited for that one. At first, I was like I was just like lying in bed. I was like thinking of these. I was like, this one like might be kind of stupid. But then I was like thinking of it more. And I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Which career would you rather have, Nick Paul or Mike Hoffman? And I'm going to start this time because you both have started. I think you can go a lot of different ways with this. So let's look at the like look at the career paths of both of them, both of these guys, because both of them are still active. So that's a big factor. They're both around the same age, I think. So I think Hoffman's a bit older. But Nick Paul, drafted by... Dallas doesn't really do much in that organization. He has traded for Jason Spezza, one of the most beloved and best senators. Well, maybe not beloved because people didn't really like him for some reason, but one of the best Ottawa senators of all time. He comes to Ottawa. People are like, oh, this guy's like supposed to be the main part of this package. Let's see what he can do. He goes and plays on that really good. He was on a really good world junior team, I think. Was he on 15? Yes. Yeah, he was on a very, very good world junior team one gold that's pretty good comes up does not have a very good start to his ottawa tenure takes them years 
up, up and down and up and down and up and down. A couple NHL games in there. He goes to the AHL. He's a, almost like regarded as like a, a perennial AHL player. And it's been long and it's been hard. And then he finally comes up and sticks. And he sticks and then everybody really likes him. And it's like, oh, look at this, Nick Paul. Like, he can play on the third line. Nick Paul does it all. Like, oh, he's, the vibes are so good. Let's go, Nick Paul. That's Nick Paul's career arc so far, right? Like, more or less. Yeah. yeah. So then you have Mike Hoffman, who kind of similarly. So did he, was he on the AHL Cup winning team with Binghamton? Nick Paul? No, no, Mike Hoffman. Hoffman. Let me no. check. Yeah. I don't think uh, Nick Paul I'll was. It up. No, Nick Paul was not. I can guarantee yeah. you that. I'm waiting for Elite Prospects to load right now to <laughs> tell you. I think Mike Hoffman was on this team. He was. Yes, he was. He was, yeah. Yep. Okay. This was QMJHL championship. Yeah, yeah. right. I, uh, yeah, so I was going to get to that. But he, okay. So he wins in junior. <laughs> he wins in the AHL. But then it's like nothing's really going on. Like he's put on waivers a couple times. Like he's not, you know. He's kind of going, man. What are the C and, for Binghamton? Sorry. It's, well, what? I didn't I didn't know that. That's actually that might change my argument a little bit there. But no anyway. way that changes your <laughs> no, change your what? <laughs> uh so he comes up and he sticks, just like Nick Paul, but he doesn't stick as a third liner. He gets like people are realizing the potential of this kid. Like, what a shot, man. He's flashy, he can score. He has the run with them in 2017, plays a really big role. And you're thinking, oh, this is easy. Like, of course, I'm going to pick Hoffman. Like, he was so much more important. And then it just comes crashing down for him in, like, so many different ways. Like, off-ice stuff with his wife and the, and the Carlson stuff. That's ugly. He gets traded and then traded again. Hasn't, he goes, you know, he's, like, kind of in San Jose. Then he's in, like, Florida a little bit. And then he goes somewhere else. And now he's St. Louis for a year. And then he goes to Montreal, where he, that, that is just a terrible team. It doesn't really seem like he's had fun since the 2017 run so at, i think it, from a, a philosophical ideological perspective which career would you rather have would you rather have one where you're like kind of arc like slow 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 arc up and then cap like nick paul or would you rather have you start pretty high with your junior success win the ahl you're pretty you're up top right now you can't really get in the nhl you're going a little low it's not looking too good you go all shoot all the way back up your big part of the 2017 team it's looking great you got you know you're on a team you're contributing and then it just comes crashing down again so it's looking at would you rather have the stability after hard work of paul or this kind of up and down you don't know what you're going to get in hoffman and i'm going to take nick paul because no i don't i'm easily going with adam yeah. on this one really I, I don't even think it's really close listen um okay well maybe a little but so first of all nick paul yes he i i touching on the the arc that you're saying like the slow grind and finally making it i yeah. feel like that's pretty f- fulfilling first of all yep totally. and i just Dude, if i, I was same for hoffman i think too though i don't think it was that much though because if you look at his stats he was so he came to the ahl he played Four full AHL seasons, won the uh, Calder Cup in his last AHL season, played 25 games with the Sens that year. That's just Didn't one year, though, when you, where you're bouncing up and down. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But it's not like he's like, right? like he got drafted and then he came to this. He played on the Sens five years after his draft year. Not until his D, like, right? He was so 2014. So he was 25 when he came into the NHL. Like Nick Paul was actually younger. 
when he came into the league. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, the point is that's not my main argument. Um, <laughs> Nick Paul, yes, he does have. First of all, I'd much rather have a World Junior Gold Medal over Calder Cup champion. It's fair. Easily. Yeah. And yeah. you get the golden goal for a World Championship. True. Yeah. Right? yeah I didn't even. He had that last year. That. Yeah, with your right. buddy Connor Brown on the same team, right? Okay. Like that was. And no, then I want to bring up something that neither of us have brought up yet. And two things. I'm going to no, say let, also... Let, let, let me finish. Come on. I know, I will, I will. First of all, yes, I don't, the money's not even close right now. It's all in Hoffman's favor, like yeah. by like almost like a factor of like eight or something. It's kind of, But again, they both have time to get a little more. I don't think Nick Paul will get really close. But the thing that I can't with Hoffman would be having to... The, all the controversy, Yeah, I'd rather completely stay away from that as a player. Totally. I'd just rather not deal with that. There's this whole fault. You like get like blame for like he still gets some blame from a lot of people for completely tearing apart like the whole carlson dynamic and everything that's going on yep and i just rather not touch that man like and yep. at this point like josh you said it earlier sure it's a huge difference in money between paul and hoffman i think it's like it's like 30 million to four i think right now but four million is no slouch yeah. like honestly I, like, yeah, I don't need more than four. There are diminishing returns. It's, I, again, not, it's, it's not, but when I was saying when I was saying it's negligible between Price and uh Lundquist, it was 97 to 110. Yeah, I know. Four to so 30. It's it's I know it's still a huge difference, but four million is you can do a lot with four million dollars. Yeah, and you also but you also gotta think the four million was made in Ottawa, like he made money in Florida. There's like zero tax there. That's he made true. money in St. Louis. And the reason I, I would maybe I would probably say Hoffman is not only the money, but also like I still think he's probably a better player than Nick Paul. I know he's on oh, the half. Yeah, so yeah. yeah that's not, but that's so not like, our, our point. Florida, and he put up 70 points and 60 points in 69 games. Like, I don't know. He's still a very good player. He's like, I don't know. I understand the controversy, but has that really followed him to Florida and St. Louis? Like, I don't really follow him that much, but. I mean, what, the, what I would say is why hasn't he stuck there then? If he was so good with Florida, then like, why wouldn't he just stay there? Like, I, mean, I don't know. Fair, I feel like they're it's, just it's, jam-packed in their top nine. Yeah. Sure. But I just feel like his reputation is just tarnished a bit. Like, it's, it's, it'll always kind of be there. Like, and it, like, I don't know. Nick Paul is so entrenched in the sense community. Like, everybody, yeah. like, loves him. Like, he's got the points for Paul thing. We, we can't forget the, the incredible breakaway by Bell he had with Connor Brown. Yep. True. <laughs> with, with, with like, the dogs. I don't know. I feel like at this point, like, Nick Paul would have to go so far out of his way to mess up what he's created in ottawa reputation wise and i don't like, see that happening yeah he's like, just so well yeah, i think i'm just leaning towards it because of the money mostly money and Fair. getting to play in florida instead of like yeah. i mean i live in ottawa so i'm not like I, i'm allowed to trash it but like i'd rather live in florida in terms of maybe not in terms of the people there but in terms of like you know the landscape mm, sure. oh, personally i can't it'd be way too hot i dude i okay well this has ottawa. nothing to do with i know i know this is all personal preference but well, um, that's what it is. It's it, really, I, it's really fair. I guess, that's yeah. Fair. So in that case, yeah, I'd, anyway. I'd much rather just the the things Paul's want, like the golden goal for a world championship and yeah. the world juniors with McDavid like, and what might be the greatest, one of the best world junior teams ever. McDavid of, was on yeah. the team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, nothing can really be two thousand five, but yeah. Well, I know, but it's in the conversation. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I just see, I just see eight times as much money, and I'm like, yep, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> fair. Oh, you yeah, can't you argue with that. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. That was, I don't know. I thought that was a good one. That was a good yep. argument to, to have. This is the last one. This is like a legends edition. Uh, also sounds related. This will be our last one. I think we should, we should put polls by the way. We'll do that on Twitter. We'll pull all yes. of these yes, and we'll see. Um, okay. 
Two Sens legends, who would you rather be? Chris Neal or Chris Phillips? I purposely omitted Daniel Alfredson because, like, obviously you would pick yes. him. So these are the next two Carlson. closest. And I don't know whose turn it is to go first, so I'm going to go with Louie because oh. I think it's his turn. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, hold on. I got to do some research here. Okay. Holy it's not Louie's turn. It is Josh's <laughs> turn. Um, hmm. Are we – this depends. I'm not going to get – too far into things um if we're just talking about on ice product i would have to say chris phillips mm-hmm. um just like i don't know i mean i'm not i wouldn't want to be a stay-at-home defenseman in the nhl personally but i also wouldn't necessarily want to be a guy who just fights all the time i mean like neither of them obviously are like putting up high amounts of points neither of them are the most skilled players it's just like would you rather be a, a stay-at-home d-man like solid presence that's what you're known for or would you rather be known as like maybe the best grinder in the sense history. Um, yeah, it's fair. And that's like, it's to me, it's way closer than any of the other ones we've done. So I agree. I'm like, I, I'm thinking about it again. Like maybe I'd say Chris Neal, like that would be my answer, but I don't I, even have more to support it. Yeah. I was about to say, I think I'd go Phillips just because again, more achievements. He won the world juniors twice. Uh, WHL His numbers champion. retired. His numbers retired. He's got the most games played in the org, right? I think. Yeah. Two silvers at the World Championships. He was basically seen as the top defensive guy, or one of like for however long he was with the Sens. I mean, they were both alternates for forever, right? So, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like I'd rather go Phillips. Um, but dude, being Chris Neal would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I don't know what your definition of fun is. Um, Let's say entertaining. Um, I've... Yeah, it'd be entertaining. I don't know. This is Phillips a was also a first question. overall pick. I mean, he was a first overall pick. But again, dude, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, why I that's think the I'd thing. Go with Neal is because too much you're pressure. Picked first overall, yeah. you're picked first overall as a stay-at-home defenseman out of like Prince Albert, and people are like, "Oh, your first overall pick! Like, let's go, franchise player!" and you know, Philip, or, you know, was he a franchise player? Maybe, but it, not in the same way as like Daniel Alfredson was a franchise player for yeah, the Yeah, no one close. Right? So you're, you're Chris Neal, drafted out of North Bay with like a sixth or seventh round pick. You're supposed to be nothing. Like you're playing with absolute house money here. Cohen. Wait, and Alfredson like, or Neal? Neal, Neal, Neal. They Neil. both fit that, that description. Yeah, no, Chris Neal. Well, I don't yeah. think Daniel Alfredson was drafted out of North Bay, but anyway. <laughs> well. Chris Neal comes in and he's like how am i gonna get noticed like what's my like how do i grind my way to the top i'll just punch a bunch of guys in the face like that's sick like that's kind of badass so i feel like i'd like to be neil and like he's so like he was so i'm not saying phillips wasn't like loved here but like chris neil was like a legend like yeah i agree you know what i mean like people are still kind of is like he coaches his kids teams like he's around the rinks a decent amount he was in a recent episode he was at like working at um the senseplex like he just came on the ice with the kids like mm-hmm. but i think chris neal is known more as like a friendly dude he coaches his kids team like he'll just like you can walk up to him he'll talk to you yep so i personally haven't met him like legacy post career also are we also including that or well legacy just... post career chris phillips did make a beer so he is the big rig yes. yeah he's the big rig i don't know i think i'd go i'd go neil but you can go either way yeah i do think this is the closest one so far so we'll do one more here which we've managed to somehow come up with mid episode. Um, this is another legacy sends edition, but not lifetime send. And I think this one, I think Josh was the one who typed this out. And I think this is a really interesting one. This is kind of on the spot. So we really don't have 
much research to have been done here. Um, would you, which career would you rather have Marion Hosa or Zidane Ochara? And Josh, since this was your question, you get to go first. Oh, am I supposed to have an answer? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think my answer, I haven't looked, again, I haven't looked too much into it. I keep leaning towards the forwards. I think I would go Marion Hosa. Um, he didn't have as long of a career. So like, that's not in his favor. But while he was playing, he was an insanely good player. Like, I feel like he, not just on the Sens, but also on um, Chicago and in between, like when he was on the Thrashers, like, I feel like he was such an underrated player. He's a guy that like, now that he's retired, nobody talks about, which I think is just weird. Like, he well, he's still like, on Arizona's cap role, technically, I think. There you go. The, he should be talked about more then. Like, he literally put up 100 points on the Thrashers in, oh, in uh, 2006, like the same year as that he, he put up 50 goals, actually. Um, I don't know. Like he was a near point per game player in 1,300 games played. He had over 500 goals. I know Charles is like a legend because of his longevity, not both height wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked at the individual accolades, so I don't know if either of you have either. Um, I I, but I have them up like, right now. Um, okay, it's Can pretty. I mean. The, the big difference is just the amount of cups. Like, they've both Hosa. won a cup. Hosa has three. Char has yeah. one. I like, Hosa has a Memorial Cup, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty hype. Like, and having it's a Memorial Cup is hype. League of Championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's it's super niche, and but it's it is something for sure. And although you do have Chara winning a Norris and the what is it, the Mark Messi Leadership Award. I again that doesn't even yeah. come close to winning Mem Cup three yeah. Stanley Cups and, and two silver medals at the world championships for Chara. Like, I don't know, yeah, yeah. So, my answer <laughs> I've solidified is Char is Hosa, sorry, not Chara. Okay, I'm gonna go next. I I respectfully disagree. Let's hear I it. think I would like to be Chara. I know that you so you guys seem to be of the position where your main factors of wanting to be a player are like individual performance, which is fair. That's, team, that's, and awards, like winning yeah, awards. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure, but that's what I mean. That's individual performance. Like you get awards through individual performance. So I'm I, like, that's totally fair. I kind of see this more as a legacy based question. And I'm not saying that Hosa didn't have a great, like, like he, like Josh made a good argument, like that people should be talking about him more, but, but like, look at what Chara did with with the Bruins. Like, good God. Like, he is the Mr. Bruin, really. Like, you know, like he was when he was there. He was the captain of the team. He brought them to a cup. He won a Norris. He was, like, so, like, oh, my God, they loved him there. Like, they absolutely adored him in that in that city. He, like, totally personified what it meant to play for that team. And, like, I, like he'll never have to buy a meal there ever again in his life. And, and well, then you go like, I mean, but, I don't and think here's, the thing, here's the thing about Hosa. Here's the thing about Hosa compared yeah. to Chara when you talk about cups. Hosa had more cups. Sure. What did Hosa do to get those cups? He was on the Thrashers, who were terrible. He gets traded to Ottawa, yeah, has a he chance was... to win, stop, has a chance to win <laughs> and doesn't. So then what does he do? He tries like four other teams, like just Pittsburgh, Detroit, or three. Yeah, like Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago. He, as we say in young culture he was like kind of cheating for the bag a little bit like like he was kind of yeah you know what i mean like he was not running he was running from the grind he was running from the grind. hey wait so he won stop stop it i'm I'm not done chara did not run from the grind zidane chara gets acquired by ottawa comes 
pretty close to a cup. Like that year, 05, 06, they were insane. That team was really good. That was Chara's last year with Ottawa. And then a bunch of stuff has to get injured, whatever. They decide to keep Wade Redden over Chara. He did not explicitly decide to leave. Like it was like, okay, we're keeping Redden. Like we can't afford you. Go away. He goes to Boston, who were not that good at the time, right? They weren't as good as they were now. And he builds up the momentum there. He sticks with it and wins the Stanley Cup all by himself. Well, not all by himself, but like he, he oh, he grinded away Only at him him. Boston. And okay. But you know what I mean, right? Like he stuck with it and he gets it in 2010. And then it's not like he just, you know, kind of dipped after the dynasty was over there. He kept going with Boston. He stayed there, mentored all the young guys. And then finally, when Boston decided, we can't keep you, Zidane Ochara, he goes to Washington, has a good time, tries something there, goes to the island where he's been pretty terrible and that team sucks, but whatever. He's chasing cups now? Is that what I mean? Well, no, he's not chasing cups. That's my point. They played on five teams, by the way. Yeah, but that's not the same timeline as Hosa playing on his five teams at all. That's not a fair I don't know. Hosa loses back-to-back Stanley Cup finals. That's pretty hype. Hosa, hey, so where did he win his cups? Did he win one with Pittsburgh? All of them are in Chicago. But yeah, that's the other thing is, from everything we know now about the Chicago team back then, just in general, the locker room and the organization, how bad it really was, that's an environment I'd just rather not be a part of whatsoever. Yeah. And just not be associated with at all. Yeah. Looking back at Char, dude, he did get three 50, like 50 plus point seasons. He was the captain for over 10 years and he he was part of that incredible game against the leafs i mean he's part of the incredible game against the leafs yeah <laughs> come on use the net Set front option cast. during the goals hey uh, man listen i'm sticking with chara dude i'll die on that I'm hill. I'm, I'd rather be chara. and before either of you can argue with me we're gonna end the episode uh that was fun and we're glad to be back and we hope that you enjoyed these career questions we think they were kind of fun uh let us know what you think we'll tweet them out see if uh people are have differing opinions or if people really don't like my chara pick but we'll see and uh we will do our very very best to put these out more regularly but i honestly cannot say that there are any promises there i can't promise anything especially next week yeah hey, hey. maybe after. midterms we'll for louis already excuses oh my. okay we're, let's end it before we get uh we make fun of ourselves anymore thank you so much for listening again finally we're kind of back um hopefully we'll be putting some more stuff out soon and uh we hope that you have a nice well we're we're recording it on family day so we'll say we hope you had a nice family day and take care see you in two months everybody